Father, I borrow the words of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1. Pray that the Lord of our God, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our hearts, the understanding of our hearts, the understanding of our hearts be enlightened, that we would know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that you have in each and every one of us who are your saints. There's an inheritance in the saints. And help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe, for it is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. I also borrow the words, again, of the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit and power, that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of a man, especially in the wisdom of Brian Green, but in the power of God. Finally, I borrow the words by the writer of Hebrews in chapter 2. I pray, that, I pray that God also will bear witness to what I'm saying, both with signs and wonders, and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, this is going to be an exciting day. Praise the Lord. Uh, before we get started, we want to, again, um, present the question for the children. If you are 17 years old and under, uh, this question is for you, and if you answer the question and send your answer to the uh, email at the bottom of the screen, uh, they will shoot, there should be a prize for you for the first two, three who will answer the question. So here's the question. Uh, last week I spoke about the caterpillar and the butterfly. The caterpillar represented uh, facts, and the butterfly represent truth. And so here's the question. Facts are how things are, but truth is how things will blank. So facts are how things are blank. Truth is how things will blank. So if you can answer that question, there will be a prize for you. God bless you. John chapter 16, verse 17. John 17, verse 17, and Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 26 and 27 in, in the New Living Translation. The first two, or three verses, would be in King James. Um, John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus is speaking. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, or the King James Version says, it is expedient that I go away. This is a new King James Version. For if I do not go away, the helper or the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And then John chapter 16, verse 13, it says, When he, this, how be it, Jesus says, King James Version, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the truth. He shall not speak of himself, but those things which he hears, that will he also speak to you, and he will show you things to come. This is John chapter 16, verse 13. John 17, verse 17, Jesus, in his prayer for 
his disciples and those who will end up believers and followers of Christ like us. He said, sanctify them by your truth. Thy word is truth. And the word sanctified simply means to make them set apart for God to use. So God is saying that the way he sets us apart for him to use us is through the Holy Spirit, through the empowerment of the scriptures, which is God's truth. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27, which is really what I want to lean on, um, Jesus is speaking. He says, therefore, the living translation, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. That everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, those who hear these words of mine and does not put them into practice, those who hear the word but don't put it into practice, it's not enough to hear, put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on the stand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, around the 16th to the 20th verse, and almost as if Paul was repeating it again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, around again 16 to 20, he says, you have to know that your body is the temple of God. In other words, this is the house where the winds blow. This is the house, and some of you right now, you're feeling the winds blowing. You're, you're feeling the storm clouds rising. You're feeling the, the water is coming up to the point that you're drowning. Well, God says if you would stand on his word, no matter how much you may be rocked by the storm, you will not go under. Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you again about God's Bluetooth, God, God's Blue Truth, part four. And um, I want to talk to you about the spirit in the script talked about the spirit in the script, or to make it interesting, the battery, the umbrella, and the wood. The battery, the umbrella, and the wood. As I said to you before, Bluetooth technology, a Bluetooth technology is a short-range wireless technology used for exchanging data between a fixed and mobile devices over short distances. Again, it is a short-range wireless technology used for exchanging data between fixed and mobile devices over short range. So, for example, this is a mobile device, and 
a short range, probably about, I'll say, maybe about 15, uh, maybe about 12 to 15 feet. There's a Bluetooth speaker, and it should, if I did this right, let's see if this works, it should. Let me start that over right Right. So, as you can see, I am playing my phone, which has all the data and information, over to the right or to your left of the screen, and my Bluetooth speaker is—it's not even—it's not even in your screen, and yet. The Bluetooth speaker plays everything that is on my iPhone. What are you saying, Bishop? Now, now, and now, the other thing is this, is that I have the same Bluetooth speaker, exact same one, at my house. And no matter how much I may try to use that device at my house, I can't use it because it's too far away. Oh, Lord, have mercy. What are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying that the Holy Spirit is the technology, if I could use it, that allows me to get the things of God. He, the Holy Spirit is a technology that transfers the, 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 the things of God, the kingdom of God, and God himself to me. The speaker is me. The phone is God and his kingdom and the things of God. And so the point is, is that as I, and you may say, well, how often are you going to use this illustration? I'm going to use this illustration until out of your mouth and out of your behavior comes the truth. Now, let me help you here. It, it is okay to start your prayers based on facts. In other words, when, when, I, when I got up and, and the weatherman said it was going to rain, it was going to be cloudy. I looked at the facts from the Weather Channel, and it said that it's going to be in the 50s. And, and I immediately started reacting to the facts. It's a long weekend. It's cold. It's rainy. It's cloudy. Let me just say Jesus wept and go home. The facts will affect your behavior. And, and, and that's all right. That's reality. You get in a car accident and your car gets uh, smashed up. Of course, your, your, your first reaction is based on the facts. 
That's okay. My point is, rent the facts, meaning stay there temporarily, but don't live in the facts. Don't live, don't make the facts your home. So after I got up out of my feelings, I began to, watch this, not to react to my facts, but to respond to my facts. Oh, my goodness. What's a respond? Again, the word response comes from a Latin word, re, which means back, and spondo, from which we get our English word, sponsor, and it means to promise. So God does not want us to react, meaning, re, you know, that term, for every action is a equal and opposite reaction. God does not want us to react. He wants us to respond. What does that mean? I just described to you that when I got up, I started reacting to the weather. Oh, it's going to be, it's rainy, it's, it's cloudy, it's, it's dark, it's a long weekend. I don't, and also, I don't feel like blank, 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 whatever you want to fill your blank with. But God said, no, I want you to respond. What do you mean? Re, meaning back, and spondo means to promise. Promise back, promise back. What does promise back mean? Take my promise and give it back to your situation. So when I got up, after I shook myself from my feelings, the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart, enter his courts with praise. The Bible says in Psalm 118, verse 24, 26, around this, it says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. It doesn't say this is the day that the Lord has made and when it's sunny, rejoice. So I took the, the word of God and the promises of God and shoved it back into my situation. And when we respond, it allows God to, to, to force his truth into our facts. And his truth makes us free. Oh, I wish somebody could give God some praise right now just for that, but that's all right. That's all right. I know you're having a tough day. Sometimes you have to sit in tough situations, that is facts, in order to discover that God's grace really works. Mm. Sometimes you have to sit in some tough situations which is facts. Remember, facts are how things are now or temporarily. Truth is how things will eventually be. Caterpillar is only a caterpillar temporarily. As a matter of fact, if you follow the transformation of a caterpillar, they, it, things go, go from bad to worse. They end up going into uh, 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 spinning uh, a silk uh, lava and 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 really looks like it's it's buried and 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 has put been put to death and 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 then all of a sudden out of this cocoon bursts forth this totally different insect called a butterfly. And right now, some of you are in your cocoon period. Mm. You're there alone. 
And it's like God is making sure nobody can help you but him. And why is that? It's because the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, around there he says, Paul says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The Bible says in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, the just shall live by his faith. At some point, you're going to have to live by your own faith and your own grace. You're going to have to understand, like Paul said, he said, he, fact, there was a thorn in my flesh. It doesn't describe what it was, but he was going through such a difficult time. And when you think of all the stuff that Paul did, went through, he, Paul said he was shipwrecked one time. He was beaten uh, three different times with 39 lashes. He was stoned to the point, not, not stoned meaning rocks were thrown at him, to the point that they thought he was dead. And yet the Bible says that Paul prayed three times for this thorn in the flesh. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He prayed, God, take this away from me. And some of you are saying, God, fix my situation. God, do you see my agony? God, will you do something? And Paul said, God's response was, I'm not going to get you out of this situation. I'm going to give you my grace, my strength to help you make it through the situation. I believe some of you are going through what you're going through right now, number one, because God is trying to uh, put to death some things in your life. Mm. God is trying to put together some of your independence. God is trying to put to death your opinions because your opinion actually got you in some of the mess that you're in right now. And he's, oh my goodness, I'm preaching up in here. He's trying to make you understand John 15. He says this, I'm the vine, you are the branch. And he goes on to say, for without me, you can do nothing. But you didn't understand that until God puts you in a situation where you are right now. It's called the crucified life. Is it an interesting... Isn't it, isn't it interesting that when Jesus was crucified, his hands were nailed so he couldn't do anything. <coughs> his feet was nailed so he couldn't go anywhere. And right, now, <coughs> and right now, the Holy Spirit has nailed you. And you're on your cross <coughs> and you're saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And God says, no, there's grace. There's grace. See, this flashlight represents our lives. And with, as I'm pressing this button, nothing's happening. And this is how we are right now. We're like, I'm a Christian. I was raised in church. I read the word. But this is not working. This is not working. And God is saying it's not working because you're trying to do it on your own strength. What you need, you don't need a whole lot of grace. You just need a little grace. And if you would just ask me for grace. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, grow in grace. And so 
What happens is that it's not, this ain't even a big battery. It's just, it's just a little, little bit of grace. All you need is just a little grace from the Lord. And then next thing you know, that that thing, that, that Christian life that at one time was not working, now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, just because you got a little grace, if I can get this going, I knew this would happen to me, but the devil is a lie. There you go. Look at that. All of a sudden, things are working. All of a sudden, your light is shining. All of a sudden, oh my goodness, this is, I didn't even think about it. All of a sudden, what was once all dark, All of a sudden, when you, uh, when you couldn't see your way out, all of a sudden, oh, whoo! All of a sudden, when you look up, you say, ah, I'm looking to my hills from what's coming my help. I, I see my help coming from the Lord. All you need is little grace. And for some of you, especially young people, oh, this Christianity doesn't work. Maybe it doesn't work is because you're trying to do things on your own strength. You're trying to do things on people's advice. And all the Sunday school lessons that, and, and that you were taught, you thought these were little fairy tales. And you thought what you learned in school was the truth. And you found out that it's not working for you. It's a lie not working for you. All the smart people, it's not working for you. And that's why during this pandemic, God is trying to get you young people to understand that when the storm hits, the only thing that's firm is the word of God. I have had what I called in our house I'm not even talking about what's happening here. In our house, we've had pandemic miracles. Now, that happened in the midst of my father dying. That happens in the midst of my wife and I being quarantined, self-quarantined twice. With all of the stuff that has been raging, yet because of the fact that we are walking in the grace of God. Paul said it this way. Let me give you this. You need to be taking notes, but let me help you here. Paul says in, um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, he says these words. Um, he says, but by God's grace, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, but by God's grace, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than all, Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. In other words, Paul's saying, I've accomplished more than I could ever accomplish because of the grace of God. There is God, Lord Jesus, God wants you to access his grace so that you could do things far beyond your own natural ability so that he will get the credit for all of the fruit that comes through your life. Let me tell you something. You have been ordained. Again, this is the truth. Uh, John uh, 15, verse 16, Jesus says these words, you haven't chosen me. You didn't just decide to get saved. You haven't chosen me. I chose you, and I chose you that you might bear much fruit, 
a lot of results, and that your fruit will remain, that whatsoever the Father, oh, that's another scripture. And he says, for without me, you can do nothing. He wants you to bear much fruit. Much fruit. Now let me finish. I'm almost done here. So when, when we have, I'm trying to find my notes here. So I want to talk to you again about six areas that the scriptures will address so that, so that we can walk in God's truth so that that truth will make us free, meaning that we can walk in the freedom independent of our circumstances so that we can see the grace of God abound in us. Because as I said, there's two kinds of grace. There is sustaining grace, which helps you to go through what you're going through. There's a strength available for you. Trust, folks, trust me. This, this has been a hard 16 months, okay? Would you not agree? This, is, this has been tough. I, 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 I pray for you, you, you young people who are students, and had to do school virtually and all the changes. My heart goes out for you. I've been praying for you. At midnight prayer, we call your names at times. We call, we call your names individually to the Lord because this is such a tough year. And yet God is saying, I'm going to encourage you that God is saying, my grace, my strength is enough. My power is made perfect in your weakness. When you are weak, God will make you strong. He wants to do it for you. So there's what I call fighting grace, meaning that grace that allows you to fight through things, and then there's favorable grace. That is successful grace, that God wants to bring things into your life that even when things look dark and gloomy, like, you'll, like, like nothing will ever change, there's a Jehovah sneaky waiting for you. Come on, praise the Lord right now. He's doing some things for you right now. And so the, word, the scriptures, that's why I, I hold to these scriptures because it brings God's success. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, where as they're about to cross into the promised land, God says to Joshua, this book of the law can't depart out of your mouth, but meditate in it day and night, observe to do all that is written in there, therein, for then you, Joshua, you, Brian Green, you will make your way prosperous and you will have not success, but good success. There is a God success for you, Brian, if you meditate on this word day and night. Uh, Psalm chapter 1. It could, he could, it could have been Psalm 150. It could have been Psalm 100. But he starts out, David says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of his God, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. I don't know about you, I can't talk for you, but I'm talking about me, that, I, that there is a fruitful season awaiting for me because I hold my life to this word. Yes, the storms are raging, but daylight is coming and harvest is coming as long as I stick with this word and same for you. 
the word of God, the scriptures, I call the script that is sure. In other words, this is not simply, this is not simply God's word for me, although that's enough. It is my script. I stick to the script. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't freelance. I stick to the script. And the script also deals with sin. What do you mean sin? Sin, sin, there's two definitions of sin. There's transgression, meaning that trans means across, and gress means to step. So when you transgress, you step across a boundary that you shouldn't. And as, as you can see on the stage, if I stepped beyond the stage, I go down. And some of you think that God has put a barrier to keep you from enjoying life. No, he put a barrier to keep you from ruining your life. Because there are some mistakes that the devil wants you to make that, that are unrecoverable from. You won't be able to recover from. So he wants to make sure. That's why the scripture says, like, uh, it's, it's Proverbs 14, verse 12, or 12, verse 14, where it says, there is a way that seems right to a person, but the end of that way is death. I don't want you to make a mistake that, that, that'll take you 10 years to recover from. What, and, and, and this is my favorite word, definition of the word sin. It means to miss the mark. In other words, thank you, Holy Spirit. In other words, there is a target that God wants me to hit. But sin is when I don't hit God's target. What do you mean, Bishop? This past Friday, Lady Carmen and I celebrated our 38th wedding anniversary. By the grace of God. And we got a number of text messages, and I'm not on Instagram, so my wife had to show me all the Instagram stuff, and, um, and, and I'm, on, I'm not on Instagram uh, purposely. It's just, I just, for me, I'm not saying Instagram and Facebook is of the devil. And no, it, for me, I just need to keep my spirit free so that, because I'm the type that if I see something, because I know some of you all post stuff on Instagram that made me go, hmm, that would make me go, hmm, and, and I want to be able to speak free. So when I speak and people say, oh, devil, uh, not the devil, uh, bishop's all up in my business, it's because I'm hearing from God and trying not to get involved in, in, in any extra information, even if it's good information. I want to I share what the Lord is, is downloading in me. But my point is, is that we, we, we got a lot of remarks about people saying, you know, it, it is encouraging to see a good, solid, happy marriage. And, you know, my wife, she showed me the pictures that she put on uh, the Instagram, and, and praise God, I looked at those pictures, and that's not us acting, you know, having smiling, and then all hell's breaking out in our home. No, there's this peace in my home, and we, we enjoy each other. You can talk to our daughters, Vanessa and Jessica. You know, there, 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 is, there is love. There is, you know, I, I hope to, to spend another 38 years with this woman. Now, this, is, this is my Sarah. This is my queen. This is my girlfriend. This is my, let me stop before I get myself in trouble and you have to move the kids out of the room. But the point is, is that this is my woman. Now, what do you mean? 
so what, so what, why are you saying all this? Because sin will cause me not to find this woman. Because Proverbs 18, verse 22 says, he that finds a wife finds a good thing, a God thing, I think I'm preaching to somebody right now, just looking over in that direction, and obtains favor from the Lord. So Carmen Elaine Salmon Green is God's favor to me. When God created man, he created man. But when he created woman, he went, woo, man. I, I believe it was the man who named the woman. He went, woo, man. Sheda Baha. And 38 years ago, I was like, woo, man. Lord have mercy. But the point is, and you're looking so fine, I almost forgot my point. But the point is, is that sin will cause you to marry the wrong person. And what God had planned for you was should have been heavenly bliss, not that you won't have problems. But your marriage shouldn't be hell every day. And my point is, well, what do I do now that, you know, I am going through hell. There's still grace. There's still grace. Finally, the word of God gives me access to superpower. Now, the word super means above or beyond. I know we think of Superman, and, but super means a power from above or a power and ability beyond myself. This is what the word of God gives. That's why Paul said, for example, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God that brings salvation. The, the, the gospel is the power of God that will bring deliverance. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, The word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divided son of soul and spirit, joined in marrow, marrow, and is a discerner of a thought and intent of a heart. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, God says, My word will I hasten to perform it. Uh, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10 and 11, he says, My word shall not return unto me void, but accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing whereto I send it. The word of God has power. Let me close with this illustration. So last week, facts, I, I just finished speaking the sermon, uh, Truth versus Facts. And after speaking that message, I, um, we had a service. Pentecost Sunday in Dana Park. Eight churches got together. Somewhere between 100 and 125 people were there. Marvelous time. It was amazing. And so uh, the facts was I looked at the weather app, and the weather app said that it was 91 degrees. Woohoo! Oh, that's like, God, thank you for the weather. Then it also said that there will be a 
more than 50% chance that there'll be thunder showers at 2 o'clock. So I was like, getting, I was like, God, man, what? Man, God. No, you, why are you going to cause it to rain? I mean, we, we spent weeks putting this together in church. We, don't you want us to pray in public? God, it's Pentecost Sunday. It's the church's birthday. And the Lord said to me, I'm going to give you a word, Brian. And this is the word he gave me. I want to read what he gave me, what he told me. He said to me, Brian, again, the script, he said to me, look at James chapter 5. He said, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Are you with me? He said, Elijah was a man with a nature like yours, Brian, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, rain. it would not rain, and it did not rain. So I said, okay. He said, Brian, pray that it doesn't rain. <laughs> Elder Leon, that wasn't complicated. Elder Roy and I we were on the same tread. He said, pray that it won't rain. So I was like, well, God, no. What if it does rain? He said, Brian, what did I tell you to do? Okay, God. So I prayed that it wouldn't rain. Even though the facts were saying it was going to rain. Are you with me? Stepped out of this church at 1.15, and the sun was, oh, the sun was glorious, Auntie Valerie. It was, I mean, it was like, I was like, yeah, devil, how you like me now? I prayed that it wouldn't rain. And look how bright it is. And there was something in my ear like saying, it ain't 2 o'clock yet. At 2 o'clock, it, like it was like the sky turned pitch black. It was dark and cloudy, and that, that, that priest, that pre-rain wind started blowing. And all of a sudden, the facts were causing me to say, oh, man. And I said, well, just in case it rains, let me have my umbrella to cover myself and my wife and Elise. And the Lord said to me, what did I tell you? Well, God, you told me to pray that there'll be no rain. All right, so if you're praying, there's no rain. Now, this is how God talks to me, so don't get in all your feelings. Like, well, I don't know, that never happened. No, I'm talking about me, my relationship with God. He said, Brian, if you believe in what you prayed, then you need to leave your umbrella in your car. There's an old story some of you heard about there was a drought in this place and, and the people were praying for rain, praying for rain, and, and, and after they prayed, you know, uh, uh, one, only one person there, he took out his umbrella and put his umbrella up and they said, what you putting in your umbrella? It's a drought. He said, because I'm expecting rain. 
Like, you, you can't fake this. Either you believe it or you don't. And watch this. I'm going to help you out, young people. Faith is not feeling. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Though, I, though God told me to pray that it wouldn't rain, I was standing there like this. And those of you there, it was, it didn't rain. We had a fantastic time. And then when I got home, the Lord said, did you see what I did? I was like, yeah, it didn't rain. Thank you, Jesus. He said, no, did you see what I did? See, sometimes God will bless you in such sneaky ways that you really have to wait before the Holy Spirit so that he, he can show you all that he did to pull off what he did. I said, what are you talking about, God? He said, Brian, you know how much you hate the sun. Like, I love sunny days, but I don't like being in the sun. And so I made it cloudy so that you would feel comfortable. I was like, my wife will tell you, when the sun's out, I'm like, <sighs> it's like I took a bath. God said, I blocked out the sun for you so that you will be comfortable. I said, thank you, Jesus. And my point is, is that God wants to give you a word that's so powerful that you can literally stand on that word. And though the winds blow, standing on the promises, and God will bring you through. It's his truth that will set you free. Some of you are so upset that I stood on the Bible. How about you open your Bible? Ooh, did I'm trying to help you out. You can't, you cannot fake this. And that's what I'm praying that you believe. I'm praying that you believe. I'm praying that you believe. So we're preparing to open up in July. And we're believing that the power of God will flow like never before. The Lord said to me, and I didn't even know you were all going to sing that song about fragrance and fire. Didn't know that we can sing that, but that was the Lord. Because the Lord said to me, I, give me three minutes, and I need you to lit. Look, I need you to listen to what I'm about to say. I need you to listen. Look, look at me. I need you to listen. The Lord said to me, you all want fire, but where's the altar? I'll say that again. You want fire. You want me to move. But where is the altar? 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 23 and 24. Elijah was in a battle with the false prophet. And he built an altar. And the false prophets built an altar of fire, of wood, 
and they put a sacrifice on it. And Elijah says this, this is going to be the battle of the gods. The God who answers by fire, let him be God. God is saying to us, I'm about to send fire, but I need some wood. I need an altar. So one of the things that we as elders are doing, we're saying, okay, God, we're, we're going to stop bringing wood. We're going to stop building an altar at Pentecostal Tabernacle. Now, we've been doing it virtually, and God has been honoring us, but now we need to build an altar and say, God, here's the altar. Send the fire. And so as elders, we're getting together for a day of prayer and fasting. We're seeking God. You may say, what, which, what are you seeking God for? Let me, I'll tell you what we're seeking God for. What we're seeking God for, for how we as a church will minister to the LGBTQAI. Hope I got all the uh, letters right. If I didn't, forgive me. How, how will PT minister to those who identify with that community? There's a wisdom for God that will do it. Yeah, books are nice. Talking to people are nice. Watching with research is nice. But in the final analysis, there is a word and a strategy from the Lord. And too many of us are trying to deal with situations without seeking the counsel of the Lord. So we're going to be before the Lord with a day of praying and fasting, seeking God, show us, give us your wisdom. Another thing to prepare for you to come into this house, we have some prayers who are going to be in this house. And we're going to be praying and saying, God, when July comes, we want you to answer by fire. We want you to, to do things in this house that will make us say, the Lord is God. That's what, that's what the fire is. And it, you don't need a feeling, although that's nice. You don't need to run around the church. That's not, you need God to do something that will make you say, read. in fact, I advise you to read 1 Kings chapter 18, that when, 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 when Elisha, Elijah, whose name means my God is the Lord, God wants to prove himself to you, young people. The reason, you need to understand, well, you know, Bishop, you got saved at 10, you were raised in church. Trust me, there were a whole lot of people my age who were raised in church and don't go to church anymore. So it ain't about going to church. It's about having a relationship with God who God shows up and does real things that you have to look at and say either, Either I, have, either I admit God did that or I'm lying. And, I, and I've seen God. I, I want to introduce you to the God that I serve. The God who does real things, but he needs an altar. He needs you to be in a place where you say, God, I'm coming before you with my wood, with my prayers, with my worship. And I need you to do something real so that when people see the fire, they say, the Lord, he is God.
That's why I'm trying to teach us to the fire is the Holy Spirit who shows up and does real You must have the word of God. Watch God do what only he can do. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, I pray for each and every individual right now who maybe they don't even, they haven't built an altar in their home. They haven't built an altar in their room. They haven't built a place where they say, God, I need you to show up. For some of you, this pandemic is the best thing that could ever happen in your life. You say, what do you mean? It's so painful. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm losing my mind. I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. And there's a scripture in Psalm 119, verse 71 and 72. It says, it was good for me that I had been afflicted, that I might learn thy statue. I believe God has many of us pinned against the wall to, to get us to say, okay, God, I am going to trust you because I know I have no other options. Right now, you have too many options. Some of your options are not healthy at all. And God is saying, how about getting back to the word of God that has, that has kept you? How about getting real with me instead of just having a bunch of Sunday school lessons. How about stop listening to every new preacher that, that intellectually stimulates you? Nothing wrong with that. How about you really putting this word into practice? Because the scripture says, those who hear this word and don't put it into practice like a person who's building his life on sand. My marriage is built on this word. My job before I was working at the church was built on this word. I tithe and give 10% of my income to the Lord built on this word. I raise my daughters built on this word. And I found out that even during a pandemic, he has done stuff that I just, has blown my mind because he's, he, he wants to prove that his word is the truth. And you can depend on his word. If you never received Jesus Christ as your savior, just simply say, Jesus, come into my life and save me. I'm a sinner. Again, I missed the mark. I thought it was religion. I thought it was my opinion. I thought I was being raised in church. But now I realize the mark is you, Jesus. John 14, verse 6. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So give your life to Jesus. Invite him. Come into my heart. Save me from my sin. And Jesus, make me a child of God, and he will do that. And if you just said that simple prayer, you're a child of God, and I encourage you, please, 
Send us your information via email. Tell us that you receive Jesus so that we can give you a free Bible and all sorts of other material. We're not asking you to join the church. We're just excited that you gave your life to Jesus. I want to close with this prayer. Thank you for being with us. I want to say this prayer. I'm not, I'm not going to close with a blessing. I'm going to close with a simple prayer. And it's based on the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. And it simply says this. Blessed are they that hunger, that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I believe, I can only speak for my own life, that my heart pursuit for, for God from the age of 10 to now the age of 62, that that hot pursuit for God is a blessing that I had nothing to do with. You are blessed when God gives you a hunger for him. You are blessed when all of a sudden it enters your spirit, I think I'm going to fast and pray, and you do it. That did not, there's nothing in you that wants to do the things of God other than what God puts in your heart to do. When all of a sudden you say, you know what, I want to increase my time with God from 10 minutes to 15 minutes, from 15 minutes to half an hour. When you say, I think I'm going to take a day off to spend with God. When you say to your, to your, to your girlfriend or your boyfriend or fiance, hey, let's spend time fasting and seeking God. All of that has come as a blessing from God. So I'm going to say this simple prayer over you and let you go. Father, I pray for every individual under the sounds of my voice, and I include myself. You said we are blessed, we are favored if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, if we hunger and thirst for the things of God, because if you if you can create the hunger in us for the things of God, you will fill us with good things. So, Father, I speak to the person who is feeling dry right now. I speak to the person who is feeling apathetic right now. I speak to the person who, who you know, is come see, come saw, who, who, who've lost the fire, who've lost their passion. I speak to the person who never had a passion for you, that they just, you know, I just go to church because it's the right thing to do. It's a Sunday. I speak to that person right now, and, I, and I'm asking you to release in them a hunger for righteousness, a hunger that will cause them to want more of you, a hunger that will cause them to say, God, I'm dissatisfied with how my life is going a hunger that says there's got to be more to life than what I'm going through, a hunger that's saying, God, I'm tired of going my own way because I keep, I keep hitting dead ends. God, I'm tired of trying to raise my kids the way I think. I'm tired of, of, of working in my marriage. I'm, trying to, I'm tired of doing things and seeking a spouse and all the things according to books and how I think it should be done. God, I'm hungry for you and I'm hungry for your direction, God. Put it in them 
Because if you put it in them, you said, if they hunger, if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we shall be filled. Fill them, Lord. Fill us, Lord. Fill me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And expect to stop being hungry. In Jesus' name. God bless you. And have a fantastic week. Following today's sermon, if you desire us to pray with you, please go to ptspice.org forward slash pray for me, where you can join our post-service prayer room or submit a written prayer request. The prayer room will be open for 30 minutes after the end of service. We want you to know that we are here for you. Thank you.